The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And good Saturday morning, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business. Heard here exclusively on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning from 8.30 on. One of your hosts, Eric Cox, as usual. With the very lovely and talented and inspirational Leslie Haywood. Hi, Low Country, and thank you so much for sharing your Saturday morning with us. To continue the conversation beyond Saturday mornings, make sure and like our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, or talk to us on Twitter at BTBCHS using hashtag BTBCHS. And you cannot help but find us. So here we are going to go beyond the business. People you know, stories you don't. I cannot wait to get more into our conversation with Noah Lesk. But for those of you who um, missed last week, shame on you. Um, Eric, what do you have to say about last week? Again, you said the the tagline of people you know. Yes. And stories you don't. And we learned some stories last week that probably most of you don't know about Noah. That's right. And uh, certainly appreciate some of your diving in. But for me, a takeaway was just about your upbringing and, and the values, Noah, that your parents instilled in you and the work ethic and, uh, you know, knowing how that when you begin something, you stick through it to the end. It sounds like you really took a lot away from your childhood that has led to the success that you've had today. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. I'm excited to, to dive right in here. So um, we you were in the Navy. Yeah, so that's right where we left off last yeah. week, right? Um, yeah, I was in the Navy. I, you guys had asked about, you know, how I realized whether I was going to stay in or get out. When did I have that moment? And I, you know, I knew, you know, around Y2K, so I had some more time to do. I ended up um, uh, getting stationed um, um, in the middle of the Indian Ocean, which was actually kind of good because 9-11 happened that year. Uh, that was 2001. I uh, was able to do some things that were pretty mission critical. Again, I have some unique skills that allowed me to do some things that no one else on the island could do, which was pretty cool. Uh, but we, we knew we were getting out. We got out in 2002, um, and the only place I could find a job quickly with my skill set was obviously Washington, D.C. You know, with my skill sets, right around the corner is the next job. And um, so we moved to Washington, D.C., uh, went to work for SAIC, uh, ended up moving over to another company called CSC, another big you know company, Computer Science Corp. Um, and then I ended up um, going with a small business. The reason was is because, I mean, very small at the time. It was like 800000 in revenue when I came over um, because they, had, they were going to have work in Charleston. They were trying to get to Charleston. My wife and I, in 2003, uh, late 2003, we decided, you know, we're not in the military anymore. We don't have to live here. And I was never, I, Washington, D.C. is fine, whatever, but we love Charleston. My wife's a native. She grew up here. She's a USC grad. You know, she was Navy as well, an officer. Oh, and all. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how we met. We met in Italy on my first tour. I did not mention that, but uh-huh. that was my first tour of duty um, in Italy. So long story short, you know, we got out. I'm sorry, we, we decided to, um, at some point, just move ourselves to Charleston, and we did. Um, and at that time, with that small company, I was running about a $3 million book of business, and um, 
some things went a different way. You know, when um, I, I'm not the owner at that small business and the owner wanted to go in a different direction, there's really a couple of things you can do. You either get in line and go in his direction. You leave, you know, that's it. <laughs> <They're really laughs> you know, I, there wasn't a whole lot of other options. So that was actually the catalyst for Ishby. So let's, let's talk yeah. about that. Cause this is for yeah. me when it comes to entrepreneurship and diving yeah. off the cliff wow. and these are the critical moments, right? So, so, so with that small business, I know exactly with that small business, I was allowed, there was, it was small. So there was, and I'm one of these guys that will grab responsibility, not, not, not to take it away from anybody, but if, if no one, no one raises their hand, I raise my hand and figure it out. It's gotta be done. I'm an Eagle Scout, right? Do a good turn daily. Right. So these guys um, needed so much help. I just jumped in and, and, and the, I ended up, you know, I was their IT guy, totally redid all their IT. Uh, and I, I'm pretty good at marketing and branding, rebranded them. I mean, I just, I have all these additional skills beyond uh, some business, you know, there's business things. And I, you know, my wife and I started talking we're like, you know, the money I'm making with that company here isn't going to be the same type of money because I go to work for somebody else. Now I'm in, I'm now not getting paid. Like I'm from DC. I'm getting paid in Charleston. We weren't ready to take that hit. Uh, I wasn't ready to go to Afghanistan. I was being recruited all the time to go to Afghanistan or Iraq to be the lead architect for putting in their networks, you know, cause I did one of my last jobs was, um, I, I grown quite a bit in it to where I really knew the software engineering the network engineering, communications. I mean, I, this stuff wasn't hard. It's not hard for me. Satellite communication, it's not hard. It's kind of a gift. You know, it makes sense. And uh, it's all logical. Somebody wrote the program. The magic's in the writing of the program that didn't exist before or the building of the hardware that didn't exist before. But if somebody's built it, somebody's configured it. It's sure. not rocket science. And I don't, I, for me, it just I just figure out how to configure it. And... um so they asked me to, you know, I could go to Afghanistan. So we, we decided, um, let's try to start our own company. Why not? And, and literally, it's not sexy, but we started the company so that my family could stay here. My oldest daughter has autism. She's very high functioning. She is at the College of Charleston in the REACH program. She's a junior, be a rising senior soon. She was getting more services here than she would have ever gotten anywhere we would have moved that we, especially back to D.C., because that was an option, move the family back to D.C. And I mean, so my, my family's blessed with a, a, you know, a bounty of riches here. So many things that they couldn't get up there because there's just saturation. Um, how can I move my family? So I made some phone calls uh, to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency where I'd worked before. And uh, they couldn't wait to have me back. So um, with my technology background, I was able to do some things at that agency when I worked there and lived in D.C. that like Lockheed Martin and Raytheon told the government couldn't be done. I just figured it out. So I, when I asked to come back, they were like, yeah, because I'm a mission focused contractor. Um, had so I been entrepreneurial at the time. I probably wouldn't have done anything for the government unless they paid me. It was a very odd situation um, because I actually, when I was living in D.C. before I moved, I was sitting with the U.S. with the government directly. I mean, our government leadership was right over there in the next cubicle, and they needed stuff done. I thought it was my mission to satisfy the mission. <laughs> sure. Come to find out, probably wasn't. 
But because I did all those things, they couldn't wait to have me. I mean, I could go on to stories and things that I had led and all that. It doesn't matter. But the point was they couldn't wait to have me back. That's how Ishby was born. So I started. You remember Independence Air? I mean, we're going way back, 2006, right? Right. Independence Air, 125 bucks round trip into Dulles, mm-hmm. right? That was my original flight. So every Monday morning on the 6 a.m. flight to Dulles that landed at 730 was my routine. And I would fly home usually on the 5 o'clock or, or the 6 o'clock on the way back on, on Fridays. And I lived in a buddy's basement. And I did that for 22 months to get Ishby off the ground. Though, though that was from um, October 2006 to um, June of 2008. So what was it like going, I mean, if you look at your path, you know, you come from, um, you know, being in the Navy, working with large defense contractors, you scaled it down to a smaller to all of a sudden now you're starting your own business off the ground. So culturally, what a shift over those years, um, those early years being a small business an entrepreneur, um, what was that like being that your whole background had been more of a scale big? Well, so when you say scale big, that's called protected. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to get a paycheck no matter what. So the day I signed up to start my own business was the day where we didn't know whether we'd get a paycheck or not. And, right. oh, by the way, as things go along, you still may not get a paycheck because your employees need it first. Sure. So I, you know, I'm not scared. That was the number one thing. I never felt like I wanted to be a part of the Borg. And I always viewed even the Navy was being a part of the Borg. Sure. I, I always felt... um You know those commercials that said, you know, I can't wait to be middle management? You know those commercials? They were several years ago. Uh That was exactly what I couldn't stand. Mm -hmm. Could not stand it. You know, and then I found out that I'm actually a pretty bad employee. (laughs) Well, but if you have a bad employee, um, again, if it's a motivated employee who wants to, is always going, 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 they're probably a closet entrepreneur and they don't know it, you know? Because they don't, they don't want to be told when to come in, when to do this. I mean, but but here's the thing that people got to understand: the minute I decided to become my own boss, that was it. I order, I now answer to everybody. See, they don't think that you don't answer. That's not true. Right? You have some advantages over time. I mean, you and I, we get to, we sort of own our schedule now. But during the grind, right? Man, it's an inverted. Org chart where you sit at the bottom, right? And in the Navy term, the bilge catches all the grease and the oil. You live in the bilge, right? When sure. the buck stops, it's at the bottom, and that's what that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, I want I get this a lot, and and when I when I choose to mentor somebody, they have to have their head straight because one, if you want to get rich quick, I'm not the guy because right. I'm not a scammer. I'm black and white. There's plenty of ways to do it right. You treat people right. You pay your bills on time. You pay taxes. You don't, you know, I don't like to, but you have to. You know, there's a way to do it. Um, so when I get those people that come in and they talk about wanting to get get rich quick or, you know, how did you do it? And, boy, don't you love your time? And, I, well, I don't know how many years it's going to take for you to get into my position. <laughs> you know, it took me right. 10 years. And, I mean, I'm physio- physiologically changed. I mean, it, stress right. and things like that. I, sure. I do it again in a heartbeat because my family's taken care of. Right. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so we started it, um, lived it, you know, and, and so when did things really start taking off? So I joined a, 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 a basically my first contract was a subcontract. 
Um, and then we worked very hard to make sure that, you know, it, first off, I, I have a service disability, um, some back injuries and things like that from the Navy. So a company was automatically a small business. It was a service disabled veteran owned small business. Because I'm a minority, I was able to apply to put a package together and was put, brought into a government program called the 8A program, uh, which is a business development program. It, it is very good if people can get in. Uh, and we, we like to think that we, you know, the SBA has been phenomenal. We, we love to partner with the SBA anytime we can. And, in fact, you know, we were a small company, and now as we're larger, we're actually a mentor to SBA protégés now Wonderful, to help bring right? them along as well. So, you know, again, giving back is mm-hmm. huge. Yes. Um, so so as we – it really started, you know, it's a funny story. I, I'm living in the basement. I wasn't supposed to be in the basement, but six months. You know, if I could grow enough um, employees, because we're a services company, right? Um, if we could grow enough employees, I could come off and come home and, and then, you know, try to grow more business and do that kind of stuff. Well, it turned out to be 22 months. and. And it was one of those things I, I knew I overstayed my welcome. They'll never say it, but my gosh, you know, here you are 21 months later living in the basement of your buddy who's right. just married. Right. You know, I right. mean, they were saints, you know, Jonathan and Don Coughlin, you know, Jonathan was a buddy of mine from the Navy and that, he helped me get the job at SCIC. Got us. I can't thank him enough, you know, and, uh, but I had to have been getting to be a burden, right. you know, so it all came to a head one day. And this is one of the things that really changed for us is that we, um, it was my wife's birthday and they had somebody coming into town and I was, I got really sick. I don't get sick. I used to know I was sick ever, you know, <laughs> and even last week, you know, so anyway, I got, I got pretty sick. I'm in the hotel room. It's my wife's birthday. I'm listening to her birthday. I said, you know what? I'm coming off task. I'm just going to figure it out. And that was a very, very scary moment because I, when I went to work was billing the government, you know, 40 hours a week, I was working 40 hours a week. So our income, our mortgage payment, everything was secured by my working. Right. When I came off task, now I had to have other people. So I did it and it ended up being a great thing. It ended up very, it was uh, brave, I guess you could say, because it was not um, not comfortable. Because when you're living in the basement's one thing, but you're at least not having a financial sure. emergency. Right. I could come out of the basement and go home. Now I'm in a financial emergency. That was pretty much my trade-off. So I had to work very hard. Well, we actually started getting some contracts and growing. And, and I mean, you know, well, that was 2008. You know, in 2009, we finished like $5.9 million. Wow. 2009. Things really took off. Um, but we had some problems coming up that, you know, we were effectively a um, – uh, a sole source contractor with the government, they'd, they'd call us and say, we want to give you this work. Or, you know, we had to, we had to work for it. It wasn't like they just called us and gave it to us, but we didn't have to compete it. And then we were a subcontractor, so we hadn't won anything competitively yet. That's pretty dangerous. Um, well, that caught up to us at the end of 2009 going into 2010. And we, we effectively, within three months, lost, you know, our projected backlog or I'm sorry, our anticipated backlog for 2010, we lost 68.5% wow. of that revenue. So that leads me to the next question. What yeah. I like to find out with entrepreneurs, yeah. um, we all make those mistakes early on when we don't really know what we're doing and uh-huh. looking back, hindsight's 2020. So what are some, of, what's like one of your biggest mistakes as an entrepreneur that you made in those early years that you would like to maybe help yeah. people not make? Yeah, I can tell you right now, know your numbers. 
Know your numbers. We've uh, heard that before. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, like, I hear, I hear, like, uh, an entrepreneur, a business person, you know, CEO, the, whoever owns a thing. You cannot ignore cash flow, and you cannot ignore your books. You need to understand cash basis, and you need to understand um, uh, accrual basis. Uh, one of the books you got uh, was I, I had. Uh, we had an emergency in 2000. 12, and when I say numbers, we had, we had a, a moment in 2012 where I, be, I took over as CFO. We, we let our director of finance go. Uh, we took over, I took over. I ate a book overnight called the Harvard MBA and something, and I ate it. And I just realized it, it was stuff I needed, but I, I, I didn't have an MBA at the time. I didn't have any business training at all. And, um, and so we, anyway, we let him go. Um, we had reached into a cash crunch, you know, so now I'm working with the bank, everything. And it was one of those where I'm moving money around. It was one day where we had $9,400 in the bank, line of credits maxed out, no anticipated money coming in. And we had a $288,000 payroll due in like 12 days. Wow. That's the kind yeah. of stuff I did for about a quarter in 2012. So when I say that, you know, people, people need to understand like your, your, your balance sheet and your P and L, those are actual information. If your accounting system's correct, your accounting system needs to be updated once a week, if not every day, it's called doing your dishes. I mean, I got to understand what the information means, where you're headed. Uh, we didn't have a full, I, I thought we were operating under a full accrual accounting system. Come to find out none of our accounts payable were actually in the payables. So what I found out my guy's system was, I go into his room, our first little office condo headquarters, and in his mirror, he had a series of stickies all the way around the mirror. That was his accounts payable. His system. <laughs> now, that doesn't help me with information. So if I pull data from the accounting system, um, say every Friday, you, you know, the accounting system's refreshed. You're a small business. You might not need to do it. You know, but if I pull the data from last Friday, I expect to be able to use that information, right? Well, if it's not correct. So here I am operating on all these assumptions. Um, and, and people got to understand their cash. They, they need to understand their bills that are not monthly. You, you have to accrue money for quarterly, semi-annual or annual bills. They are going to get you. You're going to, what's going to happen is, I've done it, you think you have extra cash. And if you don't accrue those, you're going to spend it. Yeah. So yeah. when you when you need the money, you know. So uh, that's a huge gotcha. I hear a lot of people when I sit down and talk to them, and they've been you know running their business a couple of years, and I want to mentor. I'm like, how many days cash on hand do you have? Uh, how's your line of credit? Oh, do I need one? I'm like, eh, okay, you know, financially, we have one hundred and one. We got to start back. So as you're yeah. going through things like this, uh, we'd love to ask our guests on the show about yeah. uh, mentors themselves in terms of who did you turn to as you went through tough times? Where did you go get really good, valid uh, guidance? So as a young CEO, um, with really no background, I mean, I was an enlisted sailor. Uh, I wasn't a government guy. Uh, I wasn't an officer. I didn't graduate from some academy. So I didn't have any of that pedigree that you would normally have with somebody who 
gets out and potentially goes into government contracting. And um, so I realized that I needed mentoring. So what will happen is I, I tell people to set up a board of advisors, not a board of directors. Board of directors is for the company. Board of advisors are for CEOs. Could be for anybody, really, but that's what I'd read about. And um, Jack Moore was one of mine, and so was Wolf Cutter. And I'm going to tell you, these guys gave me some great information. Both of them had their own unique insight. And in fact, you know, um, giving credit, we had a meeting one day, and I would walk away from these meetings feeling like, I'd say dirt was probably good. If we have to, you know, this is a radio station, sure. and I am a sailor. It's not really what I'm feeling. <laughs> right. But I think dirt's a good one for right. this. It's PG. So um, it, it was horrible. You know, I mean, that's just so when I say that, sure. the pedigree, I didn't make that up. That comes straight from them, right. you know, like. And that doesn't but you mean, had people you turned to that, well, yeah, that you and they, respected. They, absolutely. And, and it was like um, uh, they beat me down enough to help me realize that, you know, think about when we talk about cyber, right? Why did I realize that just being a cyber company is not that good? You actually need to be on you need to be on the side of of, of a weapons developer. There's no they, difference between us and Raytheon. We they they beat you down enough where that Boy Scout would come out and fight back. Exactly right. Well, I, yeah, exactly right. So it, it's um, and that was one of those things they said yes, yeah. They said you know one of the key things was is uh, and I never even I use this advice all the time. I give it to guys, you know, like the 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 employees, the leadership team that you have today. You have to be careful because as your company changes and it traverses down the path, they may not grow with the company. We have some that have grown with the company. Ishby, we love to promote within first. Absolutely. We'll always look in-house first. But not everybody can grow with the company, and there's unique skills you need as things come. And it's hard to part with someone because we're so loyal. You know, they were with us when we were small, whatever. And that was one of the hardest things that I had learned. And he said, these guys said, I should say, that I will finally find the right leadership crew around the third or fourth iteration. And I'm on the fourth, and I've got the right crew now. So oh, without a doubt, what are you do? What are you doing now? And what do you see for the future of your company since? Um... Um, well, so what is the future for us? Yes. Uh, we've recently won a um, uh, $29 billion contract for um, uh, IT health, medical uh, government, excuse me. Uh, that's one area um, that we're going to be very strong in here shortly, as well as, you know, cyber, nothing's wrong with that. That is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, my role today is, is very strategic now, you know, I'm working with bankers and lawyers and things like that. I, and Earl has all the operational responsibility as the president and CEO. Right. Now, how did so, that come? How, uh, how did that come about? When did you realize that it was time? Cause I uh, well, basically had, I yeah. stepped aside myself. So well, what was that like? So check, so another thing that happens with entrepreneurs or business owners, I always say that because I don't know whether I'm a businessman or not. Um, it, there's a you got to know what you're good at, okay? And and I think, um, or I realized over time that I, I'm good at startup. I'm good at at blank. Like I said, even software engineering, you can give me a blank page, I can write software. You know, so I can take a concept from nothing to something and breathe life into it and actually, you know, move on and, and, and get some revenue generated. I mean, about the time we reach adolescence in the business, you know, which is where you're starting to put the processes in and you're starting to become more profitable. You know, you're not, you're, you're gaining revenue as well as you're, you're uh, streamlining processes and you're squeezing profit. That's not my thing. That's not my thing. So 
I turned the company over about $7 million and started to, I can't say I turned it over. We started, I started to put people in other seats on the bus, if you will. And, um, and they were, they dominated. I mean, our revenue I mean, had a 600% growth. I mean, and, you know, Earl's been with me since 2010. Uh, my COO has been with me since 2009. My CAO, um, she's here and she, she runs our whole corporate office here. She's been with me since 2008. Um, our CTO is an acquisition and, um, you know, he's been with us since 2012. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, this wasn't something I just did overnight. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's a trust factor of building and, and we're in lockstep. So unfortunately yeah. we're winding down, but yeah. I want to kind of, um, wind it with this in terms of Noah, the this community. Obviously, yeah. you guys have become a big part of the community. Yeah. Uh, just speak to um, what Charleston means yeah. to you guys as a business. Well, I'll tell you right now, Charleston means a lot. Uh, we we are very philanthropic. Um, you know, my wife and I personally, uh, we have scholarships at, at Bishop England for special needs. We do um, uh, forty th- or forty scholarships up in uh, the Sault Ste. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians. Um, we really, there's two things that we really care about or three things really care, you know, youth, special needs, and then, you know, Native American minority getting an opportunity. Uh, and we bring that here. Uh, we recently just, um, sponsored, we were the, uh, for three years, the, uh, red shirt Friday sponsor at, uh, the river dogs, which is military. Um, you know, so, and we're, we're getting heavily involved in the college of Charleston. I know you mentioned that earlier. I think it was last week. And, um, you know, we're getting heavily. In fact, I'll be down there tonight um, for an event. I'll be there with you. See you there. And uh, <laughs> so um, the um, uh, at Char- we I firmly believe um, person. This is personal that my children wouldn't be where they're at if they weren't here. So we made the right decision and we're wow. fully, fully ingrained. Uh, we're headquartered right here in Mount Pleasant. And um you know, as things continue to grow, you know, we've got we're, we're doing all kinds of classes here. Uh, we're one of only 14 Ishby's one of only 14 companies in the United States that can actually uh, do ISC squared computers, um, cybersecurity training for certifications. Uh, and we're doing that here now at our corporate headquarters. So there's a lot of people that need it. We're one of 26 companies in the in the United States because you have to be a United States company to do federal government work. That CMMI level five. Wow. The rest of them are billion dollar companies. No, you guys yeah. are, are uh, certainly a great asset to the community of Charleston. We appreciate uh, certainly what you all do in the community, but also for the community. So uh, Noah Lesk, um, co-founder and chairman, Ishby here in Charleston. Thank you for your story. And thank you, our listeners, for getting up Saturday morning at 830 to listen to these great stories from our wonderful entrepreneurs as you have this morning And Leslie, any final thoughts? Yes. If you have any questions, by all means, please uh, comment on our Facebook page. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to know more about Noah or about the show, by all means, hashtag BTBCHS, and uh, we'll get back to you. Thank you so much, Low Country. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. 